Less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast. My name is Jake Green. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you have any questions about the Libertarian Party, about what we're doing around the state of Georgia, go to lpgeorgia.com to learn more about what we believe in, what we're doing to spread liberty in our state. Um, you can also go follow us on Twitter at lpgeorgia. Um, we have a convention coming up at the beginning of 2024, January 26th through the 28th down in Conyers, Georgia. Tickets are on sale right now, 75 bucks. Um, we have incredible speakers coming in for it. We've got Spike Cohen, Shane Hazel, Sarah Higdon, Adam Nutter, Edgar Mills, the Tower Gang Pod, as well as six of the six libertarian candidates for president um, having a debate. So you don't want to miss it. Um, it's going to be a great time. Uh, this one this past summer was fantastic. Uh, so make sure you get your tickets now. Um, we'll be having vendors and booths and all sorts of stuff for you to uh, all sorts of people for you to inter interact with um, things to learn. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great time looking very much forward to it. Um, today, we have a guest joining the show. Um, he is working on a case here in the state of Georgia that involves uh, school zones. His name is James Dutton. All right. James Dutton, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Can you, so there aren't going to be a lot of people who know about this case. So can you explain sure. like what this case is and, and why it's important? So what my case is, uh, is we're trying to get the actual constitutional law, both of the federal constitution and the state constitution, state of Georgia's constitution, enforced in uh in these sorts of specific cases the case revolves around uh legislation that the state passed uh, a few years ago actually uh which would allow for a for-profit corporation out of state to contract with local law enforcement to put in uh automatic speed detection cameras with radars in school zones and then to write non-criminal citations, uh, AKA a fine, but not criminal. Um, and then that corporation mails them to people that then says, hey, six weeks ago, three months ago, you drove to the school zone and you owe us $75. Uh, and, and that's it. And they collect uh, their fine money. I was literally on the phone this morning with a potential new client who said, wait, I would have to go to court to fight it? Well, it's only $75. It's not worth me taking a day off. I'd lose more to take the day off to fight it. So I'm just going to pay it. Right. And I said, look, you can if you want to, but to me, our constitutional rights are more important. So take the day off and fight it. Um, all that said, I, I've got uh, about a score of these um, tickets that we're fighting. Uh, I, would, I would take more, but... Um, with the pending uh, case as it is, we decided we're gonna we're gonna sort of hold off on them. Uh, that said, I, I haven't 
I don't, I don't think we've been paid at all to do the case that uh, is sort of our model case. Um, our, our model defendant here got one of these tickets. Um, he's from out of the county. He works here in Spalding County though. And he got uh, a ticket on a five lane divided highway with a turn lane uh, that at 4.30 in the afternoon uh, drops down to a 35 mile an hour speed limit. Uh, he, he got this even though, uh, he didn't even realize it. It was like three months later when he finally gets the ticket in hand. Right. Um, the procedure as outlined in the actual, uh, statute says he gets a, a hearing to go and, and discuss the ticket with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that, that hearing, He's supposed to be afforded all the same rights that he gets at any other hearing. Um, however, those hearings take place here in Spalding County, at least, in our law library with no judge present, with no clerk present, not recorded. Uh, and essentially, it's a representative from the sheriff's office who says, all right, you ready to pay? Well, no, I, I have these issues with this. This is not okay. I have rights. I want a jury. You're... Mm-hmm. No, you can either pay me or we'll set it up to go before the judge. Well, wait a minute. I thought this was a hearing as outlined in the statute. No, no, no. The hearing doesn't work like that. You're either going to pay or we're going to do it somewhere else. And that's it. And that's, they do a hearing like that for all the cases, but nothing happens. It's not a hearing. It's not even recorded. So I've gone in and there's, there'll be a crowd of people there in the lobby of the, the law library going, this is not fair. I want, you know, I want my day in court. Um, they after that hearing where they sort of blow you off uh you get finally set up to go to to court where they call that same representative as your prosecutor uh, you know as the main witness Mm -hmm. um in our case in our case it's the solicitor of the state court and it's of course the state court judge uh here in spalding county at least uh every county does these different i keep saying here in spalding county because every county in the, the state does it totally different. It's in a different court. Sometimes it's a probate court, sometimes a magistrate court. Sometimes it's an outside contracted person. Sometimes it's law enforcement themselves enforcing it. it it's, it's done differently everywhere. Uh, totally different procedures, totally different rules of engagement uh, for the same law, right? So um, the, when you finally get in there, it's the solicitor. And I, I immediately objected and said, wait a minute now, the solicitor has a very specific defined role in Georgia. Our solicitors can enforce criminal laws and they can enforce very specific non-criminal laws through their enabling statute. And this law is not one of them. Hmm. In fact, they added the school bus uh, automatic radar, like the school bus arm tickets. Yeah. They, they, they created that law and this law at the same time, in the same session, I think on the same day. But that law also included um, an amendment to the enabling statute for the solicitors that allowed them to prosecute those laws. But they specifically didn't do that in these cases. So, of course, I objected. Judge, I'm sorry. He, he doesn't have the authority given to him as solicitor to be here. Right. And the solicitor said, I, I agree. I, I'm not enabled to be here. I don't, you know. And the judge said, well, we have no one else to do it, so I'm appointing you to do it. And he goes, well, okay, if you're appointing me to do it. Um, and again, the, the hearing is as, as one-sided, 
I'll send you the transcript. I'll, it's as one-sided as it possibly can get. Um, they, they only call, again, the, one of the senior officers, one of the uh, uh, local law enforcement, mm-hmm. who says, yeah, I got this email, and it says that he broke the law. Wait a minute. Objection. You can't testify to what someone else told you, and that's hearsay. Right. An out-of-court statement intended to prove the fact being asserted. That's hearsay. No, we're going to let it in because there's no other evidence. Well, wait a minute, judge. Don't I have the constitutional rights? To... And uh, then again, it's, well, I have the right if I'm getting a, a speeding ticket, which is effectively what these is, what, what these are, to challenge the, you know, ha- has, this, has the machine been calibrated correctly? Has, have they done a calibration check? Mm-hmm. And I get, if I'm stopped by a law enforcement officer, I get to right there on the side of the road say, Oh, you did it via radar? Calibrate your radar right now and make sure that it's it's okay. Right. And we went in the hearing through how they do that with little tuning forks and two speeds of tuning forks. And you hold it in front of it and this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. In this case, they have a self-diagnostic <laughs> that it self-calibrates every day remotely. And a man whose name we don't know, who is just known as the squiggly line, uh, I assume it's a man, it might be a woman, uh, signed off on again in either tempe arizona or in seattle washington one of the two places that that this company operates out of and they just send us this thing yeah it's been calibrated see i i squiggle my name there it's calibrated and i go judge i i what how do they calibrate it well we don't know well does it have the tuning forks inside it i don't think so does it have any moving parts at all i don't think so how did it calibrate it oh it, it checks itself I mean, this, this is crazy. So there, I mean, okay. There's so many problems with this. There's so many problems with it. There's so many problems with it. First off, a private company coming into our state and deciding to, and convincing the government to let them put speeding cameras. That's right. In certain areas is horrendous. Like that that makes Uh, absolutely no sense. Are you ready for the real slap in the face here? Yes, please. It's a $75 ticket. They get two thirds of it. The for-profit company. What? What? That's right. We get twenty-five dollars. They get seventy-five. The court gets none of the money. The solicitor's office, who's been asked to prosecute, gets none of the money. The county gets none of the money. The school board gets none of the money. Twenty-five dollars of that ticket goes to the sheriff's department. Okay. And he can spend it on what he wants. Now there is a uh, an a part of the statute that says they can add $25. The court can add $25 in like a fee, like a court fee on top of the 75, which then goes to the court to pay for the court's expenses. And they've elected to do that here in Spalding County. Mm. So it's really a hundred dollar ticket now. Uh, But still that doesn't pay for the massive, massive, massive amount of these tickets. These tickets take up just as much time in the court, as any other ticket, as any speeding ticket, as any stop sign ticket. Yep. Spalding County usually does between 9,000 and 12,000 tickets a year. We have one state court judge. We have one state court prosecutor with an assistant. Okay. And they can barely handle nine to 12,000 of these. Okay. In the one year since these tickets have been active, they have already sent out 55,000 of these tickets. And that was as of our hearing in September. So it's probably closer to 60,000 now. Wow. All right. Now do that math, $50 each going to an external out of state, you know, for profit corporation. 
for effectively writing some code yeah, with and a, with installing a, with these cameras. With a possible camera that might not actually be calibrated properly so that it might not actually get your speed correctly. Like none of that, none of that makes any sense. None of it makes I, any sense at all. Also, like if a private company is doing this, that means that if you don't pay it, it's going to affect, I imagine, your credit score and things of that nature down the road. Is that the case? In fact, it gets worse than that oh, no. because the private corporation has contracted with the state, uh, with the local law enforcement. They get to use the state police power. And so if you end up owing this money, you haven't paid it that debt gets reported to the tax assessor's office and you can't re-register your vehicle until you pay the ticket. Holy crap. Uh, it, it is so wild. one-sidedly wild. I, 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 it's, I mean, again, we have 30 or so very, very good, uh, uh, you know, a hundred percent obvious to, to me, uh, constitutional objections here. Hey, wait a minute. I got to face my accuser. Hey, wait a minute. I get an actual day in court. Yeah. The in court, all of the rules of evidence, whether it's the criminal rules of evidence or the civil rules of evidence apply. Uh, your, your, even though it, it says it's non-criminal, it's the sheriff's deputy who's sitting over there, right. which means, and you're, you're going to, you have the possibility of taking away my liberty, AKA my liberty of using my car. Mm -hmm. I know that driving on our roads is a privilege, but owning this car is a property right and being able to use this car is a property right. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm not afforded a public defender. If you're trying to do this to me, I, I, I have a sixth amendment right to a lawyer and it's, there's just over and over and over. Uh, it's so, just, it's really, really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the things that stuck out most is when he, he said, we don't have any other evidence, so we're going to accept this evidence. It's like, just because you have no evidence right. doesn't mean you can start accepting crap evidence that doesn't make any sense, like hearsay. Like, that's if you, ridiculous. If you really want it to, to, I mean, it just, it every layer of this that you peel back, it really makes you more upset and more upset. Uh, in this case, the case is uh, versus my client mm -hmm. and his wife. Hey, you both were driving this car and speeding. You see, they're both the registered owners of the car. So the ticket goes to the registered owner or owners. So they're both cited as if both of them drove the car. When, of course, only one person could possibly be driving this car at a time. I don't know. I've seen a lot of cars with two steering wheels. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, well, I happen to have one of those two steering wheel cars as well. And you're just like, oh, really? <laughs> you go, Judge, clearly only one person was driving this Ford truck. Right. Well, I, and it's like, wait a minute. It, well, if it's not him, it's his wife. Well, you can't just write two people a ticket and then say, well, y'all figured out. That's okay. that's not how the law works. That's not how constitutional rights work. Um, I, you know, how did, this, how did this law get passed? Like, how did this sneak through? How did how did this all come about? You know, so this is this is one of the uh, I ca I can't blame any individual, right? Okay. This is one of sort of the 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 downsides of a constitutional republic. Constitutional republic. The, the, our elected officials think about the next election and think about getting reelected as opposed to a monarchy who thinks about 
I want to hand this over to my son or daughter in better shape than what I've got it. And so because of that, uh, our elected officials tend to vote for things that, that sound great. Hey, there's this problem. We want to do away with this problem much like the um, distracted driving law. People are dying. There was this kid who died because of distracted driving. We've got to do something. Mm -hmm. And so they passed this distracted driving law that itself has huge, gigantic holes in it. Mm -hmm. And you go, yes, but if you wanted to actually address the problem, there was a way to do it, but this isn't it. And it's the same thing here. They say, we, the school zones, yes, we have to make our kids safer. We have to do something to get people to stop speeding in school zones. And yet, uh, there's no, it, uh, again, I'm not saying this statewide, but in Spalding County, there is no recorded instance in all of Spalding County history of any child being hurt or injured by a vehicle or even killed in a school zone. It's never happened. It's never happened. So to say that this law was somehow actually going to slow people down and keep our kids safe, I think it's done the exact opposite. You see, mm -hmm. in several of the more busy areas where kids would actually cross the street to get to school, there used to be crossing guards. Mm -hmm. But now they have this, and so the school doesn't employ those crossing guards anymore. So now they've removed the crossing guards because people will slow down because of this law, and yet they've written 55,000 of them. There's a little bit more than 70,000 people in our entire county, and they've written more than 55,000, probably closer to 60, 65,000 of them by now. So people aren't slowing down. So this law has arguably made our kids less safe in school zone because the crossing guards are gone. I haven't seen officers enforcing these laws with physical radar like they would uh, occasionally do before. Mm -hmm. And yet people are still speeding. So our kids are arguably less safe. But when it got to the state legislature, there's this out-of-state for-profit company that comes in and says, hey, we've already written the law. This makes kids safer. Don't you want to vote for safe kids? How dare you think about voting against the law that would make our kids safer? And they go, oh, I got to make kids safer. We've got to vote for this. Right. It, it reminds me, I'm, I'm on the county commission here in Spalding. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of uh, when COVID first broke in 2020 um, and the, the lockdown started, they came to us and said, hey, the, you know, what's the, we got to hold an emergency meeting. We got to do something. And they said, we got we to gotta put a curfew in on any store that has two openings. We only let them use one opening. We got to do something. And I, I went, how, is, how, is, how does that help? Like, if you want people to get away from each other, wouldn't you want both entrances open instead of forcing everyone to go through one door? Wouldn't you want people to shop at midnight and 2 a.m. instead of all between 7 and 9? Right. Well, but James, we have to do something. And I said, look, this is doing just something is the same as you, you always see guys on the coast in Florida when a hurricane's coming, shooting their guns at a hurricane. And I'm sure it makes them feel better, but it's not doing anything. <laughs> and this law is the same thing when it comes to children's safety. The government went, we have to do something. And so they've done something, but right. it, it hasn't made anyone safer. It certainly has generated a lot of money for this for-profit out-of-state company, though. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I've got a question about just cameras in general. So I've, I've heard arguments that like red light cameras and things of that nature are unconstitutional or at least um, wrong. Um, is there any basis for that as far as unconstitutionality of like cameras citing, like giving you citations? A lot of the same issues that you have with, with this law, you can have with any kind of camera based law. Um, 
our our litigation is specific to to this specific statute but to my knowledge the original i want to say 2016 maybe even earlier than 2012 something like that when they passed the first red light camera law mm -hmm. uh some brave attorney like me took that law like i'm doing all the way to the state supreme court mm -hmm. and it was struck down by the state supreme court we're hoping they're going to do the same thing now they strike it down for a specific reason and then the state comes back and you know says well let me fix that specific reason and create the same law and so you have to take it back up and go yeah but i still get a jury yeah but i still get to face my accuser right. so there's the three reactions that well the the four reactions that the the supreme court can, here can have is one to just deny us cert and say hey we're not going to hear the case mm -hmm. you, you lose which is um which is what we hope won't happen i'll 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 leave my opinions of doing that Otherwise, I'll just say, I hope it doesn't happen. Um, but if they take the case, they can do three things. One, I can just lose and say, no, you lost. The state can do what it wants, mm. which anyone who reads this case, anyone who looks through it, I mean, they cited two people. I mean, just on that alone, it should be, hey, this is crazy. Um, but for again, there's dozens of reasons. They could modify the law. Hey, this is how you have to do it. And frankly, our state court judge and our solicitor hope that's the answer. They're saying we got this law and it's so poorly written. It's so confusing. It's so disjointed. It, it's internally, it conflicts with itself internally. You have to do it this way, but oh, make sure you're doing it this way. It's like, you know, you, you can't do it both. You know, you, there's no way to really follow the law itself uh, completely. Uh, so they're hoping that the state grants cert and gives us clarification as to how to do this. I mean, it's a, there's an equal protection clause argument as well. Why is this handled so differently in Spalding as it is in Chatham County, as it is in Henry County, as it is in Fayette County? Why is it different? That completely different. It's in different courts. It's different prosecutors. I mean, it's the probate judge that handles start to finish in Chatham County. It doesn't, it never touches our probate judge here. It, and yet they're all read the same statute and interpreted it totally different. So hopefully at, at least the Supreme Court will give us a clarification. No, no, no. It has to be done like this. This is how you cross all your T's. This is how you enforce the Constitution. They might, and I'm sort of expecting the, the last answer, which is them to just say, you're right, this is unconstitutional. State legislature may be taking another swing at this, but this one's gone. That's what I'm hoping. Man, this is wild. Okay, so... It's a wild case. The... I'm not a huge fan of, of a private company, especially from out of state, joining forces with the government to to basically issue citations on citizens. Like I, if you live in a private community where you pay for your own private police, your own private security, right. and you have right. rules that you want to live by within your own private community, um, then it makes sense for that private police or private security to issue citations based on what you agreed on when you moved there. Um, and I spoke to our sheriff about that. Hey, there might be a way to do this with a local ordinance and still uphold everyone's constitutional rights. Right. Uh, but what, what we're doing right now is not it. And we're trying our best to do it according to state law. Right. And the state law is just so poorly written that there's just no way to, to uphold your federal rights, your state rights, your God-given rights in general, yeah. and, and yet still follow through with this law. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and then the fact that it's it's companies that aren't based in Georgia that are making enormous profit. Off, enormous. Off enormous. Of, it's millions in Spalding County alone. Survival. And Spalding's a small county. Yeah. Man.
Okay, so you said there's uh, you, there is maybe around sixty thousand of these just in Spalding or around Georgia. No, just in Spalding County, which has less than seventy thousand people, like sixty, sixty-seven thousand, something like that. Oh, so uh, everybody's got County. a citation at this point. <laughs> effectively, effectively. Look, I, I've got like eight, you know. But I go, wait, did, was I driving or was my wife driving? I don't know, but I'm the registered owner of the vehicle, so it just sends me a ticket. It could have been my wife. It, it, it could have been my brother borrowing my car, but I get a ticket. And it's just taking a picture of the license plate and goes, you're to blame. Well, wait a minute. That's not that's not how the law works. That's not how anywhere else works. Yeah, where's uh, the burden of proof? Like, how is that, how is that possible? Exactly. Like, there's they can come in and go, hey, I got an email from these guys that says you got a ticket. I looked at the pictures. Looks like your car. That's not enough. That's not enough. And that's just not enough. You know, on, on the calibration alone, the way you calibrate a radar is you hold literal uh, uh, tuning forks in front of it of two different things of known uh, frequencies. And then it has to clock. This one's going 35 miles an hour because of the Hertz. And this one's going 60. And then you hold them there and it subtracts the difference. I mean, like there's a whole procedure. Yeah. There's no moving parts in this camera. It can't be doing that. So if that's the way that the state patrol has to do it, that every other law enforcement has to calibrate their radars. These things should be held to that. And if they can't get around to doing it, well, I'm, I'm so sorry. That's the way you have to calibrate these. Uh, again, any one of these constitutional arguments should totally sink this entire statute. But again, we've made dozens of them. Yeah. And we're hoping, we're hoping that uh, the, the state Supreme Court takes it up. Now, we have already appealed once. We, we had a motions hearing. Uh, I motioned for a jury trial. I motioned for discovery. You know, it says it's not criminal. Okay, well, if it's not criminal, then it's civil. That's the two things. Mm -hmm. And in, in a civil case, I get interlocutories. I get a different discovery. I get to, uh, you know, sit down and interview all of the, the, the people with this corporation. I get to know the name of Mr. Squiggly Line. Like, uh, I get to depose these people. And so we ask for these things. Hey, if it's civil, well, this is what we want. And the judge said, nope, nope, and turned us down on every single one of our motions. So we appealed that on interlocutory appeal that went to the appeals court who said, Hey, you're making constitutional arguments. This goes to the Supreme court automatically. The Supreme court got it and sent us back a one sentence uh, response that was no nope, upheld. Sorry. You, you lose no, no justification. Again, I think it's because it was just on the merits. No one had been harmed yet. My, you know, my client hadn't lost right now. We, we, so that meant we had to come back and, um, so that was in February, like we came back in September and we had the full hearing where we lost on everything and he had to pay his hundred dollars. Um, and so now he is, he is harmed. He had to pay the fine. Yep. So we, uh, we appealed again on all those grounds that we appealed before on plus several others. Hopefully they'll actually read them this time, uh, and, and give us some sort of clarification. The judge hopes that they, they take the case and give us clarification the the solicitor hopes they do uh every, the, the sheriff's office hey we'll do this however they want us to or not do it if it's not legal you know again you, you can't blame the sheriff for using a tool however imperfect it is the state legislature gave him yeah. so but everyone's that's sort of the government's defense is well it's not totally me it's the next guy and the next guy right. says, oh, it's the next guy. Well, somebody's got to be blame here. Somebody's got to take this on. So exactly. the, the bucks eventually is going to stop with the Supreme Court, we hope. 
this is this is why it's uh, we we talk about this all the time on, on these shows and as the libertarian party it's so important to have a good sheriff find a good sheriff elect a good sheriff and a good mayor of your of your town absolutely um, absolutely well, they can I, look, I can't say enough good about our sheriff here in town either sheriff dix is really fantastic when uh, on a four to one with my one, uh, a dissenting vote when they passed all those curfews and stuff with, uh, with COVID, he came up and said, this is not constitutional. He came up at that meeting and said, this is not constitutional. And even if you pass it, I'm not going to enforce it because it's not Apparently. constitutional. So what's, what's his it. name again? Can you say and then of course, two days later, governor Daryl Dix, uh, uh, sheriff Dix, he's really fantastic. Awesome. Um, and uh, again, our, our judge says, Hey, I didn't want these. Uh, you know, we're we're trying to figure out the best way to do it. So, boy, I really hope they give us clarification or or strike it down. Mm. Again, they're used to doing nine to twelve thousand cases a year, and then just in the last year, they've done close to sixty thousand of these on top of the normal caseload. He's going, uh, boy, I hope they strike it down. You know, same thing with the solicitor. Boy, if I have to prosecute an additional sixty thousand of these cases, I uh, just imagine. Well, I mean, I mean, the thing is, now there's an incentive for them to keep going because they're making money off of it. So as soon as for the, the sheriff, for the sheriff, yeah, yeah, as soon as the state starts making money or this corporation starts making money, if these if this corporation has any influence over the government whatsoever, they're going to use that as much as they can to keep making this money. Uh, I, I'm sure that there was a lot of um, uh, donations given mm -hmm. right before the vote for this. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, the the language used is effectively copy and paste from other states have been handed and used the same thing by the same corporation. Right. And, you know, again, the corporation is like the school zone safety corporate. I mean, it's, it's designed to sound like we're here to help children. Oh, you mean like the Patriot Act, something like that? Uh, like the Patriot Act. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I'm sure, again, I, don't make any specific accusations, but I'm, I'm sure there were nice dinners and, yeah, I'm Lots sure of there were. with really shiny shoes. Kind of how it goes. Not, not to mention, like the guy, the squiggly line guy who says that the cameras are calibrated. Like he might not, not even know be a human. He could just be exactly. a bot, an AI bot, or just a bot. In Every signature line has a line, the signature, and then the person's name. No, there's no name there. We subpoenaed it. We said, "Hey, we've subpoenaed this person. We sent them a subpoena and said squiggly line guy's got to show up." Yeah. And they just no, no, they just didn't show up. And I said, well, judge, we he's a he's a key witness. We got to have this guy. I want you to put a bench warrant out for this. Well, no, nah, we're not going to do that. How does that I mean, how does that that alone not get the case thrown out? Like, I don't I'm again, there's so many fundamental constitutional problems, both with the state and federal constitution with this. With this. I mean, I'm, when I say dozens, I'm not exaggerating just over and over and over. And uh, again, not to say our judge was doing a bad job. The the way to get the state Supreme Court to take notice of it is to make it so obvious that they have to say, oh, yeah, we've got to. Yeah, this is clearly hearsay. You can't do that. You know, so I, I won't say that it was preplanned that we were going to lose. But I, I think everyone sort of inside baseball there knew, hey, the only way to actually get this changed is to send it to the state Supreme Court. And so even at that hearing. I think everyone knew the goal is how do we get this in the Supreme Court? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, this is infuriating on so many levels, uh, <laughs> but how can the citizens of Georgia fight back? Like what can we do on an individual basis to help, help with this? So when it comes to this case or any other 
taking of our liberty or slight erosion of our liberty. Um, I, I always re I'm reminded uh, the most important thing I learned in law school, and that was from Cornell Stevens at Georgia State Law School, my very first day, 85 people in this room, you're terrified, it's your first day at law school, you're kind of doughy-eyed, like, oh man, I don't know what's going on, I hope they don't call on me. And, uh, you know, the six foot five, you know, gray-haired uh, 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 African-American magistrate judge walks in, and everyone is terrified, and they, they call him Darth Vader, like this guy, and he <laughs> silent slams books down on the table, you know, and, um, and I'll tell you, he, he got a $100 bill out of his pocket, and he taped it to the board behind him. And we're all like, what is happening right now? And he said, all of you have a right to this $100 bill. And we were like, what is he talking about? And then he just starts calling on folks. You, what are the facts of the case? You, what, what do you mean you don't know? Why are you dumb? Like, just yelling at us. Two hours. Just where everyone in the room is just back to their seat like, oh, I don't, what is happening? He's making people cry. I mean, it's a tough class. And at the end of the class, he turns around and he takes the $100 bill off the board. And he said, all of you have lost the right to this $100 bill. He said, at any time, any of you could have walked down here and gotten this $100 bill. You had the right to this $100 bill, mm. but none of you asserted your right, and so you have lost it. The mm. only rights you have are the rights that you assert, and the second you stop asserting them, you lose them, and you do not get them back. And he closed his book, and he left. I have no idea what he talked about the rest of that class. I, I No idea, okay? The only rights you have are the rights that you assert, wow. and when you stop asserting them, you lose them, and you do not get them back. That is the most important thing I learned in law school. I learned it the first class on my first day, okay? As we as citizens, anytime we see something like this happening, oh, it's just a school's on it, $75. It's not even worth the time of, of take off work to go fight it. Mm -hmm. Talk to your local legislatures. Everywhere in the state, they represent everybody. You've got one wherever you live. Mm -hmm. Talk to them, talk to your senator, okay? If enough of us are calling them, okay, one bee sting doesn't hurt. A thousand bee stings and you're dead, okay? Call those people. I, I'm a county commissioner. If enough people call me about a problem, it's a huge problem, and we're going to do something about it. You can also reach out, of course, to the Supreme Court and say, hey, you guys need to look at this. Now they're going to go, oh, we can't uh, take. Well, but if enough people say, hey, no, seriously, this is a big enough deal. This is something that's not fair. It's not constitutional. It violates every tenet that our founding fathers believe in mm -hmm. when they enshrined the protections that are given us in the Constitution to protect our God-given, not government-given, our God-given constitutional rights, okay? Uh, if we can tell them that, if, if we can make, and that's, that's sort of my goal coming on this podcast, is to mm -hmm. generate enough uh, political will in the state that mm -hmm. they won't just go, no, here's your one-sentence answer, it stays. But look at it and say, oh, wow, this is a terribly poorly written law. This is not constitutional. And either fix it or strike it down and let the state do something uh, different if they so choose. Wow. But it's not just with this. Any kind of you know, erosion of our rights, we need to, to be that B that's, that stands up and says, no, 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 this is not okay. And call our legislators, you know, call the governor's office mm -hmm. and write them emails, write them letters. It, it matters. The, the one voice, they're going to go, nah, it's just one. But if 10,000 of us call, they're going to go, holy crap, we got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you heard it, folks. Go call your representatives because uh, 
this this absolutely needs to be struck down because it is absolutely i mean it is unconstitutional it's almost in like it's there there are parts of it that are inhumane and and absolutely absurd i mean it's tactics just to get money i would uh that's that's kind of what i've assessed of this whole thing um you know there there are certain cities that have passed like uh that have certain num uh prices costs of parking tickets so that you don't want to go fight it you know it's like that's right 50 bucks that's right. well i can't go take the time to go fight this in court even though it would right. you know even if they're giving out the ticket improperly so um yeah reach out to your local reps reach out to your city council to your senator everybody um just reach out to anybody you can um to to try to help get this thing off the books because it is i mean it's uh, it's absurd um james yep thank you so much for joining me man appreciate it hey thank you for thank you for telling the folks about it and letting me come on absolutely um do you have any any social media any websites anything you want to you want to shout out real quick well, our, our website there below my name, uh, Dunlaw GA. Uh, we do all things criminal law. Mm -hmm. um, my partners do civil law stuff. We do federal law. Um, I also have a, uh, uh, my sort of passion project on the side is actually uh, thegeeklawyer.com. Uh, all things small businesses for, for geeky small businesses from podcasters to streamers to publishing companies to um you know, travel companies, um, you know, a lot of these, these small businesses can't afford the big skyscraper lawyers, uh, but they still need someone to look over their contracts and their employment stuff. So we do that. I've got a lot of geeky dragon con friends that, uh, that need that help. So we started the geeklawyer.com just to help specifically for that. I love it. Well, James, thank you again for coming on the show and anybody out there, um, go to lpgeorgia.com to learn more about the Libertarian Party. Go to James's website, duttonlawga.com, and reach out to your local reps. Um, that's it for this week. Tune in uh, Thursday nights, 8 p.m., Liberty Libations, and Monday nights, 8 p.m., for the free Georgia podcast. We'll see you next week.